0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Villanova Admission Podcast. My name is Ryan Gillen. I'm a Senior Assistant Director of Admission here at Villanova University, and with me is Allie Smith, one of our Assistant Directors. How are you doing, Allie?
1: Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me.
0: Glad to have you. Glad that you're here. And uh, so, We had a conversation in some of our meetings at the big conference room table, and we asked ourselves, you know, how can we reach students in, in the best way? And we, we've thought of a multitude of ways over the years, but one thing that we've never done is a podcast, right? So over the last uh, 18 months, you know, we have you know dedicated a lot of time to figuring out ways to reach students. And we figured this is a, another great way to do it. And so uh, today we're gonna share with you some information about Villanova. Uh, typically we we have Nova Nation presentations on a virtual uh, level as well as an in-person level. you know, this is such a great opportunity for us to share information with you about the university in a way that you can consume while you're in the car or, or whenever you would like to. So uh, so we certainly want to take the opportunity to, to get into it right now. And so uh, we want to tell you about Villanova uh, on the whole. So in, in terms of our location, uh, we are located about 12 miles outside of Philadelphia. Um, we are in Villanova, Pennsylvania. That's probably not a shock to, to anybody, right? Um, and we have a 260-acre campus. So it's a beautiful um, suburban area. And one of the great things about our campus, right, is that we have two train stations, one on kind of the northwestern part of campus and another on the southeastern part of campus and that leads right into the city of Philadelphia as well as the surrounding areas of the city too so why is that important right so you can take advantage of of things in the immediate area around Villanova but having access to the city the ability to experience the arts the culture the entertainment the food the history the sports but also if you have to get to your internship or your clinical uh, down the line when those opportunities arise having that public transportation is is really helpful especially Considering that you can't have a car on campus your freshman year, um, not till junior year. Not till junior year, right? So not your freshman year, not your sophomore year. So that mode of transportation is super useful for for our students, uh, and and it's just it's it's just a great thing to have. Allie,
1: listen, you don't have to tell me. I mean, I was a Villanova student myself. I didn't have a car until graduate school, and I got around just fine. Um, if it was you know bum and rides that worked well, but you know off campus shuttle is really helpful if you're needing to go to the King of Prussia Mall, which is not too far away or, you know, down to the grocery store, down to, you know, visit a friend who might be living off campus, but trains really helpful to get in and out of the city, but also, you know, go to a coffee shop a little down, down the way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the King of Prussia Mall, by the way, huge mall in the area, a little bit outside of Philadelphia, just like we are, but a huge mall with a ton of places to shop, a ton of places to eat, and that's just one of many examples of the things outside of the city that you can also experience while you're while you're at the university. Um, you know, Villanova is is a private Catholic school. Uh, we, we were founded in 1842 by the Augustinian Order, and uh, at that time, we opened our doors to about ten Irish immigrants who didn't have much of of an education, and so we wanted to provide them with that foundation and that education so that they had opportunities after they left, uh, you know, left the university at that time. And we've been doing that for about 180 years, and it's really a part of our mission to give to those who uh, who, who have need, right? And so it, that's kind of the reason we opened our doors. And 180 years later, we don't have 10 students anymore. Um, <laughs> we, we have quite a few more. Great right
1: student-to-faculty ratio back then. A little bit bigger today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit bigger today. It's still pretty good, right? It kind of hovers around 11 to 1, which, which isn't so bad. But now we have about 6,500 students uh, from, from 48 states and more than 40 different countries. And so the idea of Villanova in the spirit of the Augustinians, right, is wherever you come from, we meet you where you are and you become a part of of the mosaic of what Villanova becomes. And I think that carries through, you know, with the diversity that we have in terms of, you know, not just geography, right? We talked about 48 states and 40 countries, but also racially and ethnically, religiously and philosophically, all these different people kind of coming to us. And Allie, kind of what was your experience when, you know, you're not from too far away?
1: No, no, I'm right? not from but, too far away. Um, I'm from, you know, Maryland, so a couple hours, but you know, as someone who came to Villanova, I never really anticipated going to a religiously affiliated university. I'm not Catholic myself, but coming onto Villanova's campus and kind of experiencing, you know, those values, truth, unity, and love, very tossing you to- um, For us, you know, thinking critically, acting compassionately and succeeding while serving others, that really, you know, spoke to my heart and, you know, I think has kept me at Villanova long after I graduated. But, you know, you don't have to be Catholic to come to Villanova. Um, we have resources for students of all faith backgrounds or honestly no faith background. Um, and those values really do permeate into all of campus life. And, you know, I think that's a a beautiful thing about our campus and, you know, who we were, who we are and who we hope to continue to be.
0: Yeah. And when you say all walks of campus life, obviously that includes inside the classroom. And and we kind of buried the lead right there a little bit earlier by saying that we have an 11 to one student to faculty ratio. But another translation of that is our average class size hovers around 22 or 23 students, right? And so that's really shocking to a lot of people who hear at first that we have 6,500 students. But when they hear the average class size is 23, I think that kind of raises an eyebrow. So the idea there is really to focus on personal attention, right? We want your professors to be able to have access to you or you to have access to your professors before class, during class, after class, during office hours, um, through email. Some of them leave their cell phone numbers on the syllabus that they kind of hand over to you electronically nowadays, of course, um, you know, at the beginning of the semester. And so I think it goes such a long way for our students to be able to express concerns when a test is coming up or a paper is due or when they just want to further the conversation outside of the classroom with something that they're interested in academically. You know, what was your experience with those smaller classes, Allie?
1: Yeah, I mean, I particularly loved my Augustinian Culture Seminar class, which is kind of that, you know, welcome to college, reading, writing, learning how to, you know, write a paper for college, um, discuss as a college student. Um, and having that small class size is really important for, for learning your classmates, what they thought, and kind of having that immersion into um you know, part of Augustine culture. Again, I didn't come from a Catholic high school, so kind of getting off on the right foot there, getting on the same page as everyone else as far as, you know, background was really helpful. So small class sizes were huge for that. And one thing I will touch on just that you mentioned before about office hours um, that has kind of popped up with COVID is, uh, you know, Zoom office hours. So more availability than ever to kind of jump in on that and advocate for yourself. Start nice and early to kind of build those relationships with your professors because, you know, they really are going to be your partners in learning. I I still walk around campus, you know, so many years after I graduated, and I will still see professors who know my name, want to know, you know, how my family is or what I'm up to these days. Uh, some of them know I work here, and some of them are surprised and happy to see me. So, you know, you really can maintain those long after you graduate, which is kind of again another hallmark of the Villanova experience.
0: And it doesn't stop just inside the classroom. I think it permeates in what we do outside of the classroom as well, and so. Uh, As far as getting involved, right, and kind of being able to express yourself through the interest that you have, we have over 260 different student organizations here. And it really runs the full gamut from Student media and student government, performing arts, which I'm particularly passionate about. And uh, that's what I took part in in college, but also extra and co curricular activities, uh, community service, which is really big for us. We have a form of Greek life here uh, as well. About 33% of our students partake in some form of Greek life. So about a third. And a couple of cool things with the Greek life there are no fraternity or sorority houses. We don't allow you to pledge until your second semester, freshman year. Or so it is one of those things where you kind of immerse yourself in the Villanova community before you immerse yourself into the Greek community. And you're not at a social distance disadvantage if you're not a part of some form of greek life here um so Ellie, if you want to talk a little bit more about yeah. um, what we offer in terms of Greek life.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that delayed rush definitely keeps things from feeling socially mandatory. That's how I kind of describe it. I definitely had friends that were in one sorority, friends that were in another, and I wasn't in one at all. But, you know, lots of different kinds. We have our Interfraternity Council, our National Panhellenic Council, and our Multicultural Greek Council. Um, that additionally includes five of the Divine Nine. So a lot to pick from, a lot to choose from, or you could just go without and still have a great time. So it's kind of there if you want it. You don't have to if it's not your jam.
0: Sure. And, and, and again, so many ways to get involved. And this also includes the athletic side, right? So in addition to what we have with, with our student organizations, we also have plenty of athletics on campus. And there's a number of ways that you can kind of tackle that, no pun I- intended. So uh, we have 24 Division One men's and women's sports. And it's great to go out and cheer for Villanova, you know, from that regard. But we also have club and intramural sports. And I think the wonderful thing about club and intramural sports for students who are athletes in high school that might not intend to partake on the division one level. They know they might not be a division one athlete, might not want to live that lifestyle. You have the ability to participate in club and intramural sports. Club sports kind of you are playing against teams from the area. And it's cool to kind of meet people from other schools. And that's a little bit of what you do through the club sports. Villanova intramurals are made up of Villanova students. All Villanova student comprised teams. All of our contest games, whatever you'd like to call them, take place on campus. And so you can really determine that level of activity for yourself, that level of competitiveness. Um, but Allie, you uh, you were involved in athletics, right? Uh, during your time here at I university. Was, so yeah. Yeah, I was, I to yeah. To
1: I ran track and field here and had a wonderful experience being a student athlete. Definitely not a decision to take lightly. Um, it was a lot of hours and a lot of work, but I wouldn't, uh, you know, change it for the world. But, you know, 24 division one sports is a lot of sports for a school of our size. So our student athlete to student ratio is actually you know, a pretty big one. So we don't have athlete classes here at Villanova. All of the student athletes are going to be, you know, in classes with you, learning amongst you. And, you know, basketball is definitely, you know, something you hear about a lot. And I definitely didn't pick Villanova for basketball. I'd maybe filled out a March Madness bracket based on colors and mascots. But Haven't we all? Well, maybe not that strategy yeah. for everybody. Please don't right? judge me. Sometimes it works. Okay. Uh, but, you know, by the time sophomore <laughs> year old around, I am fully bought in you know, front row of the student section, put me in coach. I brought my own jersey. It's, you know, really fun to get wrapped up in big time sports culture, all while being housed within an academically excellent, morally grounded, kind of medium-sized university and all of that, you know, stuff that comes along with it. So, you know, it's a great combination of a lot of things, all while, you know, still being founded in those Augustinian, you know, morals. And that really does keep our athletic culture very much humble and hungry, as they like to say. So there for the right reasons. Um and, you know, wanting to come out on top for Villanova.
0: There you go. So so look look at it like, you know, there's the Division I side if you have interest there or aspirations of going in that direction, but there's also the club and intramural side to really determine what level of activity you're really kind of into there. Um, in, in addition to that, you know, there, there are a couple of traditions on campus that we always uh, talk about. So we're talking about involvement here. Um, You know, Food Truck Fridays is is one of my favorite, uh, and that's a relatively recent development on campus. Um, There's nothing I like more than a food truck, uh, says Ryan Gillen. (laughs) Uh, And I think Allie Smith probably feels much of the same. I know my
1: way around a food truck.
0: But here's the thing, right? I wasn't a student here. I've been here for the last seven years. Uh, Allie's been here a a bit longer. She can probably speak a little bit more to some of the traditions on campus. Also, this is the question that for some reason this year you've gotten the most. After, I have. after years of maybe not getting this question much at all, this has really come to the forefront. So we want to we hit on this, right? We want to get this question answered for you. So Allie, for the 95th time yes. this semester. What are some of the traditions on campus that are, that are really special to Villanovans?
1: This is a this is a top three question for me for <laughs> sure this year. Uh, and typically when I get this question, I do talk about you know the sports on campus and going to support your your local Wildcats. Um, but we just did talk about that, so I won't uh, harp on sports too much more because there are so many other wonderful traditions that we have on campus. And I think where Villanova students show most of their spirit is through community service and giving back. It really is one of the pillars of the Villanova experience. We do tend to attract students who are involved in service in some capacity in high school and want to continue that when they come to Villanova. About 75% of our students will be involved in service once they arrive here. It's not a have to, it's a want to. There is no service punch card, no one's checking your hours. It's just a fun thing to get wrapped up in and so many different ways to get involved, whether it's weekly, through campus ministry, whether it's during one of our, you know, big events, we have our St. Thomas of Villanova day every year in September. And that day kind of came around, I believe it was around 2006 when Father Peter Donahue kind of came into office, came into power. I don't know if that's the best way to put that. Father
0: Peter, the president of, the esteemed president of of Villanova. I have to throw that adjective in there because if he, if he hears that I did otherwise, you know, could be trouble for Ryan. But, yes. Um, but.
1: Yes. So he kind of took the temperature of the room and saw, you know, our Villanova students are involved in so much, and a lot of them want to be involved in service, but might not have the time with, you know, their activities, their classes to be involved, you know, at the level they would like to on a consistent basis. So he created this one day in the fall where everyone drops what they're doing, goes out and does a service project at the same time. And, you know, you can sign up as a class like your acs class that i mentioned you can sign up as your orientation group you can sign up as an individual based on something that you're interested in i used to sign up for the animal shelter province animal shelter shout out year after year because um that was one of my favorite organizations and it's near and dear to my heart uh but you know anything and everything and they will get it all set up for you and the reason I am spending so much time on this is because you know my favorite tradition within that tradition is the send-off that happens when you go out for a day of service everyone gets together early in the morning and you know big cheer big rah-rah moment to go out and do the service project all together at the same time um, in your Villanova gear and it's just a really special time to be on campus so I think that's one of my favorites but um, I would also love to mention our fall festival we have the largest student-run special olympics in the world Uh, we typically talk about how a Villanova Education is a very collaborative one, Uh, collaboration over competition in the classroom. But, you know, sometimes it can be pretty stiff competition to get some of those leadership positions within Special Olympics because it is such, you know, a popular organization and everyone can get involved on some capacity. But um, that's a big one as well. So Special Olympics and St. Thomas uh, Villanova Day of Service are two of my favorite traditions on campus. Hey everyone, Allie here. Quick break from the podcast. Since you're probably already scrolling through your phone, why don't you head on over to Instagram and type in at Villanova Admission. Give us a follow. Check us out. Lots of great content. Student takeovers, uh, room shows, Ask Me anything. We even featured the Dogs of Austin Hall. Please give the Beagles an extra like. Those are mine. So while we have you, check out our Instagram page. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook too, but mostly Instagram. Let's be real.
0: So a question that I'm always getting, what do I get out of a Villanova education? What is the return on investment? I know it sounds like I'm making this question up. I am not. I've gotten it a ton this semester. And so, you know, one of the cool things that we do during our typical Nova Nation presentation when we're in front of a bunch of people in person, virtually, what have you, is we have a couple of percentage points that we love to, to talk about that really illustrate this in a way where, listen, if you're a numbers person, this is going to speak directly to you. So let me go through these numbers kind of kind of in order, and then I'll kind of tell you what they they mean to me and the story that they ultimately tell. So the national retention rate at any, at, at any time uh, for colleges and universities can hover around, let's say, 70% or so. At Villanova, it's 96 So ultimately, what that says is that 96% of students who come to Villanova as freshmen return to us as sophomores. It's not just a high number. It's an astronomical number, and it's one of my favorite things to share because I think what it ultimately says is students who come to this community want to stay part of this community. In addition to that, right, we talked about the benefits of being in a classroom at Villanova, the small class sizes, um, you know, no teaching assistants here either, something we should probably drop right in the middle uh, of this conversation. But but two things that stand out to me is what we do outside of the classroom and the ways that we do it. So 93% of students will get at least one internship during their time with us here at Villanova and at least 86% rather will get at least one research opportunity with us here uh, at Villanova. And so So I think it's really important to get that education inside of the classroom. Of course, listen to your professors, uh, listen to your peers, and have those fluid conversations. Find that truth in education, right? But getting that hands-on experience, getting your hands dirty, if you will, is huge. I I can't emphasize that enough. Um, And our ability for our students to do that through our career center, through our career fairs that we have every semester, um, you know, through advisors, through professors and the connections that they make there, it's really huge. Um, And I think it makes quite the difference in helping you determine what you ultimately want to do when you graduate from Villanova, right? You can choose marketing, you can choose biology, you can choose a number of different majors. Every major, every discipline has many different facets to it, so your ability to choose moving forward as, as to what you want to do and what you want to accomplish can really be defined through the experiences that you have through your research, through internships, so we're really proud of those numbers. 96% is our six-year graduation rate, uh, so that is, is really high, but you probably don't want to graduate in six years in, in most cases. But our four-year graduation rate has hovered between 88 and 90% over the last few years. And that is is something that really speaks to mostly parents, right, who don't want to pay any more tuition if they're the ones paying tuition. But it it really does stand out. And then lastly, 92% of our students, so 23 out of 25 students uh, who graduated from Villanova in the class of 2020, were able to find that next step in their life and in, in their career path, right? That's the placement rate. So that can mean a number of things. Most of the time, it means you got that first job you know, congratulations. Or, you know, you moved on to graduate school, dental school, veterinary school, medical school, but it's also going into the military, going into programs like Teach for America, uh, one to three year service commitments. There's so many ways to kind of tackle that. And we know that there are a lot of things that make up that number for placement, but we are really so proud that so many of our students are not only able to move on after getting a great education at Villanova, but they're moving on quickly too. And I think that really does stand out uh, at the end of the day. So when I get questions about return on investment, when I get questions about what do you get out of a Villanova education, these are the numbers that speak to me because ultimately what they say, and tell me if I'm wrong, Allie, right? Is when a student comes to Villanova, that student stays. And that student gets a great education inside the classroom, but wonderful opportunities outside of the classroom so that when they graduate, which the vast majority of them are doing in four years, they are able to move on to that next chapter in their life. That first job, moving on to graduate school, what have you. But the idea is you're realizing the benefits of a Villanova education relatively quickly. I think that just sticks with me every time I get those questions. Uh, So from there, uh, we're going to take a quick respite. We're going to come back in just a second. When we get back on the other side, we're going to talk about the admission process. So stay tuned. This is the Villanova Admission Podcast. Hey guys, it's Ryan again. Do you have Instagram? Of course you have Instagram. Go over to your Instagram and follow us at Villanova Admission. If you have made social media a part of your college search, no better way to get to know us at Villanova Admission. We have AMAs. We have pictures of our dogs. You think that's a joke. It's actually not. We have room shows. We have tours. There's so much that you can do. So join us over at Villanova Admission. We can't wait to see you. If you haven't gotten enough of us already, there's a way to get more. Welcome back to the Villanova Admission Podcast. You've got Ryan and you've got Allie, and so we're going to take this time to transition to the admission process, right? Um, so we're going to talk some deadlines, some of the things that you need, and I'll flip it over to Allie.
1: Yeah. So the the big dates that you came here to find out about, you can find them no other place than on this podcast,
0: or uh, our, you know, well maybe our website, <laughs> maybe our or, website. You can
1: maybe find them on the website,
0: um, or your counselor probably has them. Yeah. Or, there's
1: actually there's lots of other ways. Okay. But, um, okay. Whatever. Here I don't we have are. To list them. Yeah. So, four different rounds for us, four different application rounds, but only two different deadlines that you need to remember. So, those dates are November 1st and January 15th. So, I mentioned four rounds. So, on November 1st, we have a non binding round and a binding round. So, we have early action and early decision one. So, early action is that non binding round. So, what does that mean? That means if you are admitted early action, you do not have to come. You can choose to or you can choose not to. Three things can happen if you apply early action you can either be accepted outright, denied outright, or rolled back into the pot and re-reviewed with regular decision. For early decision, for early decision one, again, November 1st deadline, that is that binding commitment. So if you're applying early decision, you're saying, kind of like a marriage, that Villanova is your one true love forever and ever forsaking all others, and you're ready to submit your deposit tomorrow if you are admitted today. So with early decision, the trade-off is higher rate of acceptance, but you are making a binding commitment to your One True Love school. Moving over to the January 15th deadline, you have regular decision and early decision two. So regular decision, much like early action, not a binding commitment. If you're accepted, you can choose to come. You can choose to go elsewhere. All is fine. Early decision two is that second round of a binding commitment. Again, if you're admitted early decision two, you're saying I'm ready to submit my deposit tomorrow for Villanova. So those are our four different rounds, but only two different deadlines.
0: Uh, some decisions to make there, right? You know, your your, your level of interest in the university is certainly going to play in. And, and one other thing I always like to, to mention, Allie, is is with early decision, right? When If a student is admitted through early decision, that student doesn't have scholarship or financial aid information at the time that, that they're admitted. And so I think that's always important to kind of throw out there. Um, you know, you don't want to be too concerned with your ability or inability to afford the university based on any scholarships or financially that you may or may not receive. Right. Because, uh, if you are a family that needs to see what those variables look like financially, and I always talk about academic and social and financial fit kind of being the three check boxes that you have to, to check off essentially to, to make that final decision on where you attend college. And that financial fit, unfortunately is a big part of that. Right. So if you need to see what those scholarships and financial aid look like before you make any type of decision on where you attend, uh, especially as it pertains to Villanova and the way that we go about our process for early decision, it might be better to avoid the binding options and potentially go with the non-binding options. But that is always a conversation with your family slash any loved ones that are that are really going through this process with you uh, as you continue your college search, navigate the admission process, etc. So just a little disclaimer there, I think it's always important to uh, to bring up. So uh, from there, we'll talk about what you need to apply, right? Because every school is a little bit different. You know, we require certain things uh, that other schools do require. We might require a couple things and do require a couple things that that schools uh, other schools don't require. So, uh, for us, we are a common application school. And we're one of about 900 institutions throughout the United States that accept the Common App. And that's really beneficial for you because you will likely use that application to apply to a multitude of schools, at least two. And on that note, Ali has a couple of tidbits to consider with financial aid.
1: Yeah, I do like to highlight that we are mostly a need based financial aid institution. Part of our Augustinian mission is to make Villanova as affordable as it can be for as many people as it can be. So, because of that, we are need-blind when we review. So what does that mean? That means that, you know, what you do or do not qualify for is no bearing on your admissibility to Villanova. The person reading your application will not see any of your financial aid documents if you choose to apply for need-based financial aid. So there's really no downside, um, even if you think you won't qualify for anything. So we really do encourage everyone to fill out those FAFSA forms, those CSS forms, apply for that need-based aid. Again, even if you think you won't qualify for anything, there really is no downside.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, if there's an opportunity to take advantage of something like that, I think it's an easy call, right? So um, so 100% and, and certainly a good thing to, to bring up, Ali. The first thing we're going to need from you is the Common Application. Uh, so we are one of over 900 institutions throughout the United States that accept the Common App. Really beneficial for you as a student because when you go to apply to colleges, you will likely use that app to apply to at least two or more schools. So really beneficial because it can be a time saver for you. For us, it provides us with a robust amount of information. It's really awesome. I think that it's one of the best applications out there. That's why we use it. That's why we're a member of the Common Application Organization. And really in this process, because we're not a school that tracks demonstrated interest, we're not a school that offers admission interviews just because of the pure volume of applications we receive each year, it is important to get to know you as much as we possibly can during that process. And that's what that allows us to do. The bread and butter of your application is going to be your transcript. I don't think I'm surprising anybody. Am I surprising anybody? I'm not surprised. Okay, so I'm glad that you're not surprised. Um, But, you know, we're we're in a studio by ourselves and we really can't test the waters or or take a poll there. But uh, we require the transcript. That's the bread and butter, right? We're going to see how you're doing in the classroom. We want to know more about uh, the rigor that you've taken on, how you've... Uh, performed when you've taken that rigor maybe classes that are more relative to the major that you're interested in how have you performed there what type of rigor have you taken on and it's so much. It's so funny that that one page or two pages that we call the transcript can really tell us so much about that. So, uh, I, I I really love that about the transcript. You know that that is that is a a a document with absolutes uh, and can really help us get to know you better inside the classroom. We are test optional this year. This is a big thing to bring up, Ali. Um, you know, being test optional, we allow you to either send in the SAT or the ACT or not. Uh, if you do send the SAT or ACT in, uh, it is superscored. But if you elect not to send it in, it won't be considered as a part of your application. And if you do, it will. So. That sounds pretty simple right uh but but it's not always that simple so um you know if you are somebody who feels very confident in, in the testing that you take you know it could be a great opportunity to have it considered as a part of your application especially if maybe you had your grade slip or something like that at one point but you want to say hey you know what i can do the work there it is you know there it is on the sat or the act if you're somebody who like my wife was right she she took tests well when she was in class when it came to the sat or act Uh, She got really bad test anxiety, right? She, she, she called herself, you know, I'm not a good test taker. This is, you know, this stuff that she said, um, you know, sometimes those nerves get the best of you and you don't score in a way that really speaks to your true potential inside the classroom. Maybe you want the transcript to kind of speak for itself, right? this is such a great way to, to do that by not su- submitting a test. So ultimately, the decision is up to you. We get a lot of questions about whether we should or whether we shouldn't uh, or whether you should or whether you shouldn't. Right? And and it's a really hard thing to answer because every year is different. The number of applications we get is different. Which major or which school those applications go to is different. So it's really hard to give concrete advice on, but you can always look up our averages on our, on our website um, to, to maybe get a benchmark. And, and that varies from year to year as well. So we're only in our second year of test optional and uh, and, and that's something to consider. Lastly, we need three uh, essays. And so uh, with those essays, you know, they're essays. I know you don't get too, too excited about those. Um, we require the common application essay. You know, if, if you do like writing, maybe you do get excited about it, but we require the common application essay. We also require the Villanova and the Y Villanova essay. And those are specific to us, obviously, right? Because our names are, are are in them. Um, you know, so, so Ali, any, any tidbits on the essay there for you, any advice, uh, to offer, to offer the people?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I've read a lot of essays. Um, and this is really your opportunity to, you know, let yourself shine through, but I will say, I know a lot of students get stressed out about the essays and I don't need you to change my life with your essay. Um, I really don't. So give yourself that break, tell your story, um, Do we like leadership? Yes. Do we like service? Absolutely. But not everyone is a type A alpha. And the things that we look for in essays are the things that we look for in our own community members because our community is so important to us. You know, so first and foremost, we're looking for kindness. Are you a kind student? We're looking for students who are open to difference, open to change. All of that is really, you know, important for our community. And so that's kind of what we're going to be looking for in your essay. And kindness can be shown through many different types of people and many different types of stories. So tell yours, not the one you think I want to hear.
0: Yeah. And, and it just goes to show and, and, and just to say it again, right? Don't put too, put too much pressure on yourself. It, it, is, it is just not worth the, the the pain that you would put yourself through, right? You know, look at, look at it as an exciting opportunity to tell us more about yourself. Again, we, we don't have that opportunity to offer interviews. You'll find out why when we tell you how many applications we get every year. But, um, you know, it is one of those things where it, it can really be a fun experience where you share a lot with us and we can really learn a great deal about you as we try to make these informed decisions when we go through this reading and review process that we go through each and every year. So uh, from there, uh, we'll we'll take it to uh, just a couple of stats for you to consider, uh, you know, as you look to apply to the university. So a couple of numbers, Allie?
1: Yeah. So we were so fortunate to receive just over 24,000 applications this past cycle, 24,400 applications. And we read all of them, all of them, every single one. We read them holistically. So, you know, what (laughs) does that mean? It means we're not just looking at your transcript test scores, and any of those numbers. We're also looking at those essays at those letters of rec and your activities. Don't forget your activities. They are, you know, Worth spending time on. Everything you submit to us is important. Did you pick up a part-time job? It all makes up the fabric of your life and is worth including. And we love to read about it, even for the 24,000th time. (laughs) But all of that is to whittle down to a targeted class size of 1,675.
0: And probably important to note when you hear those two numbers, you know, sometimes your head can go to a certain place and you're like, okay, 1,675. 24,400. That means 7% of the applicants actually wind up attending Villanova. That does not mean that our admit rate is 7%. We get that question a lot too. Uh, Our admit rate actually hovers between 25 and 30%, especially over the last few years. So uh, competitive, yes. Impossible to gain entry into Villanova. Certainly not. Um, and, and, And the biggest thing I can tell you with that, right? Control what you can you know, control what you can, right. You know, you you can only send in one application, right. You can only include so much on the application. So much of the work that, that goes into that application in a lot of ways has already been done. (laughs) You know, Uh, you know, you've already completed two or three years of of school. And that's going to make up, you know, three fourths of your, uh, of your transcript. So there's a ton of work that you've already done. You know, that's the biggest advice that I can offer, you know, control what you can, um, you know, and, and really just enjoy the process because if, If you if you get if you meet your deadlines on time, right, if you take charge and you're proactive from the beginning, this can be a really enjoyable and minimally stressful process. We've adopted the test optional policy, and uh, this is our second year doing this. Uh, It's a blanket policy that includes all academic programs, uh, including the honors program, any merit based scholarships that you might apply for. It's important to know that no applicant will be disadvantaged should they choose to withhold standardized test scores, whether that's the SAT or the ACT. Should an applicant have scores that they wish to be considered? We will accept both the SAT and the ACT. So really, it really comes down to uh, you know what you want to do, how you feel about your testing. Do you feel really confident about it? Do you think it's going to enhance your application? If so, it's probably a good option to, to include it with your um, application, right? And if you don't feel so confident in your scores, if you think that your transcript can can really do a lot of the talking for you in terms of how you've taken on rigor, uh, how you performed, et cetera, the things that we just talked about. I think, you know, maybe you omit the the test scores, but ultimately it's a decision that's up to you. We do get a lot of questions about it. It really is tough to offer sound advice given that it's only our second year of being a test optional institution. But, uh, you know, it's something that for you and your family to consider, you can always look up our averages uh, online to see where might, you fit in that kind of realm and to make that final decision. So a good conversation to have with us. If you have more questions, a good conversation to have with your counselors as well, who, who, who might know us pretty well uh, as an institution. So just something to consider there. All right, so that's everything in a nutshell, right? We covered everything you possibly could cover in, in such a short amount of time. Listen, that's not everything, okay? Uh, we know there's a ton uh, to, to learn about Villanova, the other schools that you're looking at. Uh, we always wanna be a great resource to you and we can share a lot of information in, in podcasts like these through our virtual presentations, through anything that you experience with us in person. But whenever you have questions, you can always reach out to us. And Allie, where can they, where can they go if they need to reach out to a counselor?
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes I even use- to reach out to a counselor. When I need to do that, I use uh, our handy dandy email address of go to VU at Villanova.edu, and that is spelled out G O T O V U at Villanova.edu. But sometimes you have a question for a student, and I know we have some great students. I know they have, you know, a zillion different minors and are involved in many a club. If I wanted to reach out to a student, Ryan, who well, how would I do that?
0: Great question. Uh you would go to questions at VUBlueKey So, you know, even if it's a question like, what do you guys do on the weekend? Or how do you manage your time? What was your transition from high school to college, right? Who better to ask than people who've been in your shoes, right? Just maybe one, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four years ago, right? You know, there's, there's so much that we can answer as counselors. I mean, that's what we pride ourselves on. That's really, um, you know, that's, that's what our career is based on. But sometimes it's just better to ask a student to, to, to get that feel for a campus. And, and think about it like this. Anything that you would ask a tour guide when you're on tour you can send that along the questions at vubluekey.com, right? Some of you haven't had the opportunity to visit us. Some of you haven't had the opportunity to take our virtual presentations. Uh, this might be your first opportunity to to really get to know us. So uh, we just wanted to throw those two emails out there because we always know that there's questions after. But uh, always feel free to reach out to us. Like I said, we're always happy to provide information and clarity. And that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And Allie, if I want to listen to future episodes of the Villanova Admission podcast, where would I go?
1: You can find us on Instagram at Villanova Admission or wherever else you get your podcasts.